All right, welcome back, everybody. We have um, we have some exciting news to start this episode. First of all, I just won an exciting game of sorry over my children. Secondly, I'm recording from my children's bunkie today. And third of all, this is sad and good news, but <laughs> Joe lost his job again <laughs> with the Frolf Association. Uh, we don't want to get into why, but uh, let's just say that uh, he's not working there anymore. But the plus side of that is we scooped him up and hired him full time uh, on the podcast. So their loss or their avoidance of a lawsuit is our gain. So welcome full time to the podcast, Joe. Well, thank you for welcoming me. Yes. Yeah, do, we, That's, uh, do we have audio for a slow golf clap? No. Well, I'm just hoping the uh, yeah, yes, that's right. <laughs> you're, you're, yes. you're fired. Oh, damn it. Had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, I mean, your resume, I got to say, like, honestly, like your resume looks like a mess right now. So all of these like jobs and you know what, let's get into it. Um, let's start off. We're going to start off talking um, as we seem to do these days about uh, about the uh, the Jays a little bit here. Um, so let's talk about some some rumors that have come up and now that they made one trade. Actually, you know what? Let's size up that trade. Let's size, size up that trade first that happened earlier earlier this week. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, Ross Stripling one, Joe Panic zero. <laughs> I think I think uh, Ross Stripling is like the mafioso. And you, I think, you think it the, actually came out of that. Do you think it actually had anything oh, I, to do with I that? I don't think so, but that's no. a good callback. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the adult in me in, uh, says no, but uh, we don't know. I mean, what if what if things were really tense? I mean, because Joe I, I, Panic's not that important. No, but but I but I think that the shitty defense had more to do with it than Ross Stripling calling him out. Of course out, it did, right? Well, like, and, I think... Ross Stripling called him out because of the shitty defense. No, exactly. Well, listen, you don't you don't like you don't you're not going to win or lose with with Panic, right? Like it's no. But you it's guys just, don't. Think I, this I mean, was a, you guys don't think this was a Panic move, do you? Where, where's that sound? Oh, you know uh, what? We need we need a cricket sound effect. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Crickets would be better. Crickets or the or the or the prices right sound. Is, is that a car backfire? Yeah. What 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 is what, going on? Yeah. Was that a horse? Uh, it was a horse. No, but ser- <laughs> but seriously, like I think I think this was a good move. But one thing that I keep that I keep um, hearing was that uh, was that. Um, uh, like like you called it the uh, panic Dickerson deal, but it, it, the media is making it sound like Dickerson was a throw-in just for salary purposes. But I'm not so sure about that. Oh, I don't think so. <clears throat> like I because the, the Jays got money in it too. Right? I don't know how so, they manage that. I don't know how they manage that. Well, the one thing about Tampa is or Miami, whatever. Um, their infield's been decimated. They they um, they're hurting for middle infielders. They don't like to spend a lot of money. Um, Joe Panic doesn't cost a lot of money. I mean, Joe Panic, whatever, being Joe Panic, but he can play all four infield positions. So he's a very – he's a Miami Marlins type of player. He's not the type of player you expect to see on a team like Toronto, or if he is, you know, it's just sort of filler. Um, no, this was a two-for-one, and – Adam Simber, the reliever they got, I mean, he's cool. And 
he's he's not even a side armor. He's like one of those old school submariner knuckle dragger types. And he's got great splits against, against right-handed hitters. And he's got great splits against left-handed hitters. He's an all-around decent pitcher. But, you know, he throws a sinker and a cutter and they average 85 miles per hour. Like he's not... He's not a big arm. He's a smart arm. I mean, he's he's going to pitch in high leverage and he's going to be, you know, a valued part of the bullpen, but, you know, he's not going to be the closer. He's not going to be, you know, a, a high leverage arsenal type of arm, but it's a good pickup. But what Corey Dickerson does is he's going to be what everybody wanted Rowdy Telez to be. And he's going to be more productive than Rowdy Telez could be. He can play both corner outfield spots. I don't know if he does, but I'd be stunned if he couldn't play first base in a pinch. He's going to DH. Um, he's got decent average. You know, he's an older vet. He's going to bring a bit of maturity. And it's a big left-handed bat. It's, this isn't the Jays' last deal. This isn't the Jays' big deal. It's just, they, you know, when they signed or they traded for Jacob Barnes from the Mets and then they've signed John Axford and now they've gone and got Adam Simber and Corey Dickerson. These are these are plugging holes. The, these aren't moves that are going to alter the franchise. These aren't moves that are going to guarantee a wild card spot, but I don't want to see Tyler Chatwood ever again. Like, like ever again. Like, why is he still here? That's so, sorry. Let me, let me add a couple of things here though. Sorry. I didn't realize that. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dickerson is is injured right now. Yeah, uh, he's got a. They call it, it's like he's got like a broken bone in his toe. He's in a walking boot, but he's going to be fine in three weeks, which is they I mean, whatever. They say August first is expected to return on Rotowire. Um, so, which is, I mean, that's another kind of like a, that's a very Miami Marlins thing, right? Like they'd rather be paying Joe Panic to play for them than be paying Corey sitting on the IR or the IL. Yeah, somehow they're getting two and a half million dollars in cash in this deal. Like this is. Yeah, well, Corey, he's, I don't think he's cheap. I don't know what his. It sounds like he's on a, a seventeen million two-year contract. If I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, that's, and, that's and they I got expect. money back, but I think I think the way it ends up, if I understood this correctly, is that the Jays added about a million dollars to their to their payroll by doing by doing this. Which is no big, not that big of a deal. That's that's like three Rance Mullenics. <laughs> Probably more. I, that's that's one thirty-sixth of a Russell Martin. How, how much did Rance Mullenics uh, make on his last? I'm going to look this up while while we're chat we're chatting here. Um, Do they have that historical baseball salaries? I don't know. Are, are we counting dollars or cigarettes? <laughs> um, yeah, not not cigarettes. What was that? What was that? That chew they used to have. What was that? Oh yeah, yeah. Like Pat Borders had that, yeah. like his cheek full of that crap. Here, I have the numbers here. He did okay. Rance Mullenix, uh in '92 uh, was on a contract worth eight hundred thousand dollars. So that's five not... years. <laughs> Over for five years. <laughs> yeah. A one no, he had a, a one year deal, a one year package worth eight hundred thousand dollars. He worked, okay, so he, uh, we're gonna get. Hold on. We're going to get to this later, but I just want to make a point that Wayne Simmons has signed for $900,000 next year. Yeah. So that's a yeah. big contract. Well, I mean, like, look, no, but okay. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's big, I guess, even at the time that was a lot of money, but I think at the same time, 
the NHL, like the highest salary was probably like 1 million back then. Like, sure, I think. But, sure. But I'm, I'm just saying yeah. like, you've, you've got two professional sports um, 20 years apart and, and basically a comparable income. Well, look, the CFL's entire payroll across all the teams is 800,000. The what? Uh, yes. <laughs> right? I'm not familiar. I, I, yeah. They're, they're on the government <laughs> wage subsidy. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get to the CFL later. Are we? Definitely. Well, we'll make time for it. It's only been six weeks. <laughs> it's only been six all weeks. All right. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's so funny. you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I, I was just going to say, like, completely aside, but you just reminded me of something because um, I think, Will, you were saying, oh, this is the, the Rowdy Telez that we were looking for, you know, in, um, in Buddy that we got there. In Dickerson. And just, yeah. In Dickerson. And it just reminded me of a story that my, my son went to a baseball game. Uh, when, when was the last time the Jays played out of the dome? Uh, was it like six, seven, eight years ago? I, I can't even remember now. What? When's the last time? When's the last? I'm making a joke that it's been a long time since the Jays have played in town. All right. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, it's not even that good a story. But I just remember him coming home. He went with his friend. He came home, and I said, "How was the game?" And he's like, "It was good." But you know, there's this player they have, and he's fat, right? And I'm like, "Who?" He's like, "His name is Rowdy something. I don't know." And he was just looked gigantic at the plate, right? I just thought that was funny. It also could have been Fat Vladdy. No, no, he was specifically talking about Telez, but I, I just I thought that was funny because he doesn't look that out of proportion, right? Like he's he's no uh, 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 what's his name uh, Cecil. I don't know why my yeah Cecil <laughs> was so it Cecil Pop, no, was it pa- Cecil Pablo, or his son Pablo Sandoval? He was like With the, he, got he, really he he had like he, a rope for a belt or the, the exploding belt. Yeah, I think he wore he wore Simpson belt. He he wore a muumuu by the end. Um, <laughs> who's who's the one who ate like nachos out of the stand? It was, uh, that, that was Prince Fielder. It was Prince Fielder. Oh, yeah. Prince Fielder. Yeah, I think that I, I, I think that's amazing, and I think like that gets him into the Hall of Fame, or at least yeah. like a plaque, like a little plaque Prince, somewhere. Prince Fielder is my spirit animal. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that like was, yeah. he was hungry. Um, what happens to Kirk now? Well, well, I mean, <clears throat> he has options. Well, like, just just yeah, like very still, basically, yeah. like he ha- he has options, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and sorry, um, Joe, you were saying sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, go no, ahead, same thing. Like I, I don't see the big deal. Like, um, you could send him down, right? Like, he, like he's never played a AAA. I don't think. Right. Exactly, and I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a doctor, but I think I am, and. I am worried about what Kirk is going to be. I I don't like athletes that have flicks or flicks flicks hepper problems or, or hip flexor problems. And flicks I think if you add, too, though. yeah, flicks heppers are tear. Is that an STD? I think uh, so. Does Reese McGuire um, have it? <laughs> he's had it twice. The so you add. You add a hip flexor to a catcher, and I mean, you already have an issue potentially there. And then you add a hip flexor to a catcher with the body type of Alejandro Kirk. And I mean, let's not make any bones about it. He's 
he's five foot eight and 265 pounds, right? He's, he's a stocky little dude. To me, that doesn't project well. And I mean, he's what, he's 24 and we've already got a hip injury. So I'm not saying he's not a major league player and I'm not saying he doesn't have, you know, probably a successful major league career ahead of him, but I don't think it's going to be as a catcher. And I, you know, he projects to probably be a very productive first base DH and Toronto has a lot of those already. So I, I, I'm of two minds. One, I think he's instant trade bait and there's been buzz that even in this off season, uh, when the Jays were looking for rotation upgrades and positional upgrades, a name that came up a lot was Alejandro Kirk. And they weren't really interested in doing anything with him at that time because catching was a lot thinner than they thought it was. And I, I think they had a bit more confidence in him than, you know, they probably do at this point. So I, I imagine there's a want there. I imagine there's teams that are willing to see if he can catch for a couple of years and if he has to transition to th- uh, first base and, that's no big deal. So I'd be using him. I, I, I put him right out. And even if there isn't any interest, I don't want to see him in the major leagues until rosters expand. And, and then maybe there's an opportunity for him. If this is a postseason team to kind of, you know, be added bench, bench depth. And, you know, it's, it's not like the Jays haven't carried three catchers before. I, I just, I'm going to ride Reese McGuire as long as he's producing I want to see if this is an anomaly or if he's finally figured it out. I think he's probably their most athletic catcher at this point. He's a left-handed bat, which this team is in dire need of, and he's producing. I'm fine with Danny Jansen coming up and, you know, getting his share of the playing time. I, I have a feeling, and I guess maybe it's a little bit of a hope that Danny Jansen is the number one catcher's days are behind us. He's had three and a half years to show what he can do, and it's been very stagnant. And then Riley Adams has come up, and he's done well in the position he's been given. And then they've still got Gabriel Moreno down in Double uh, A right now. So there's there's plenty of catchers. So I, I don't think there's that sense of urgency for Kirk. And he's obviously more productive than the guy I'm going to compare him to, but there seems to be a little bit of Minori Kawasakiism with him. He's kind of this totally. little cult hero but, but, that but came he up was, and he's but, but the I little think, engine that could. But I think he was a, yeah, I think that's true. But what's this rumor you, you, you had mentioned? Kirk to Pittsburgh. Well, so, yeah, well, there's, and, and more's come to light since we've kind of put that up on social. Um, the uh, Richard Rodriguez, or hold on, getting my names wrong here. Um, Rodriguez, the uh, closer in Pittsburgh, it's going to be a very Pittsburghian move where they're going to sell this guy before they have to because that's what Pittsburgh does. Uh, Apparently, John Heyman's reporting that several teams are in on him, including the Jays. And there has been discussion and a little bit of back talk that they're looking at Kirk and it would be a one for one. Um, Immediately, on Jay's social media, there was blowback because nobody wants to trade Kirk, Kirk because Kirk's, the, again, the cult hero. He's the Kawasaki. He's the little go-getter lunch pail kid that everybody in Toronto loves, but he's the type of guy you got to give if you want to get a big arm. Now, Rodriguez's spin rate and velocity has dropped significantly since this spider tack thing's come to light. And 
he kind of elevated to what he was in the last two years when spider tech was a thing. Now it's no longer a thing and numbers are declining. Now it could be a trend. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys have up and downs. We've seen Tyler Chatwood and we've seen Hanjin Ryu who hasn't had the best past six starts. Um, but maybe there's something to this all in all, you know, this Rodriguez kid throws in the mid nineties. He's got, great strike zone awareness. He's hard on right-handed bats. Um, spider tack or not, I'd probably still do it. Well, on a, on a Blue Jays note, uh, the Blue Jays are currently winning uh, seven, nothing. And of note, uh, we can, I can mention it now. Um, uh, Manoa had a no hitter through almost six innings, but now he has a one hitter. So he looked uh, really good. He yeah. struck out four batters in a row, I think. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Tampa Bay is certainly a good team. Um, so I would say that this is a this is this is legitimate. Um, so what, what do we, what do we think about uh, now? I guess it's been we can talk about this a little bit more. Like it's been a few starts now, um, a few weeks. Uh, what do we think about Manoa now? I mean, I think definitely he's he's shown he's a big league starter, right? Like it's, I don't think he's out of place at all. Yeah. You know, he's he's had a couple of rough starts, but again, like who who hasn't? Like I think his the good has outweighed the bad with him, and I, I think they absolutely made the right decision bringing him up. And, and they fast tracked him through AAA, so you know, yeah, he's going to take his lumps at the major league level, but no, he's showing it, and and. The, the two rough starts that he's had, he's kind of come back with a different approach. And I think he's learning from each start. And he's here to stay. And and what I kind of like is they don't seem to be kid handling him. Like they're, they're letting him go deep into games. They're letting him work out of trouble. And I think there's a lot of confidence in him. And I think there's a lot of swagger in the kid, which I think is important. I, yeah, no, put me on the Manoa bandwagon for sure. Well, he's I just, I just he's hope he's the next. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to make another bad joke, but I just hope he's the next Juan Guzman, just because <laughs> I wanted to say Juan Guzman. Didn't, didn't Juan <laughs> Guzman have like a like a pretty good like uh, afro going, where his hat didn't fully fit over his head, or am I thinking of somebody else? Yeah, yeah. Uh, his hair curl. just yeah. He had he looked very greasy. Like it was I don't a know. Lot of Jerry curl. Like, I don't know if you remember uh, uh, coming to America. With yes, the, uh, yes. I forget the name of the right. Remember, they were sitting on the couch, and then they all got up, and then the, the back of the couch was all wet. Yes, he, he always That's looked it. horribly sweaty without breaking a sweat. Yeah. But but I I do remember, and again, I, it was a long time ago, so I don't know if I'm remembering it exactly right. But I remember he came up kind of out of nowhere, um, and he had like I think two really bad starts. He started off really bad, and then I I think I remember some like Gaston or I don't know who it was, like somebody on maybe on the radio said, look, just throw it down the middle. Like, like just, just stop trying to be fancy. And then he just went on a tear. I think he was yeah. like, like 12 and 0 or something after that. I, I mean, I can't remember numbers, but I've always been waiting for that next, you know, guy who comes up and just comes out of nowhere and blows everybody away, you know, for, for a season or two. So anyway, hopefully it's longer, but it's, it's been impressive so far. Well, I mean, the thing that I like is that uh, he has had a couple of like um, um, rough, roughish starts, and he didn't like fold up like a cheap suit, like I kind of think Nate Pearson kind of did. Um, no, the, the, he's tough. He's a tough kid. Yeah, 
Well, did we did we talk like has it the um, the whole meltdown and the ejections and the beanballing or whatever that that did we talk about that or that happened between recordings? I don't think we talked. I think about it happened it. just after. We're we're waiting on his suspension, which he's served. Uh, I, I just you know I'm gonna get on that on that like uh, that a little bit. So I don't I'm not gonna make any. I don't know if he did it on purpose or if he didn't do it on purpose. Like obviously MLB thinks he did it on purpose, but that aside. I know it was serving like as a Jays fan, it was good, but I find it kind of strange that in baseball, a pitcher serves a five day suspension, which makes no sense. Yeah, five, five and, game. Yep. And he also appealed it until he could have his start and then dropped it. <laughs> like, yep. And then, then he starts his five days. Like, it seems like very, you can manipulate it very easily and there was no team like it made no difference he got he uh, and again like i'm a jays fan so it sounds weird that i'm saying this but if let's just assume he did it on purpose so he hit the guy he had no consequence like at all right. there was no consequence well there, there's no consequence in the way it impacts the team but when you're suspended you're not getting paid which is why it's five games instead of five starts right i mean if it was a five-star suspension he's not getting paid for a month so yeah, five games is, you know, he, he didn't get a salary for a week. Do you think that somehow the team makes it whole at some point? I guess they can't. No, no. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. I mean, I'm sure they can find a way to up his per diem or something, especially, you know, a kid like that, that's on his entry level contract. But I mean, he, he let's not make any bones about it. He's not suffering for money. I'm sure the team probably bought him dinner. The guys bought him dinner. They gave him several 50 cents off shake and bake coupons. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah, at it. Two for one at our two for one at Arby's. <laughs> it's always two for one at Arby's. <laughs> Cause you get two and they give one. I don't even know what I was trying to say. There. I'm just going to let that sit. I, I, all that. I was trying to go for a diarrhea joke and it, and it, and it fell flat. Yeah. So, uh, what's 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 the Jays' recap this week? I mean, I think they I think they took care of business against who they need to take care of business against, except Seattle. So I know Seattle has yeah. a decent record. I think they're over five hundred, but they have yep. a very bad like I think they have a negative run differential. So well, they play in a bad division and they've had a very light schedule. But right. no, they fell flat against Seattle. There's no right. there's no argument there. No, you you got to win two out of three. Yeah, yeah, no, but the point I was trying to make is that is that uh, despite their record, um, I think Seattle is another team that the Jays should have should have taken care of business against. They're not a good team. So I thought these games with the Mariners was just another case of the bullpen uh, kind of letting the team down. Although I think Ryu had a rough start, right? But uh, it was another late inning meltdown, right? Like what was that game that went Chatwood to shot the uh, bed again? Didn't he basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah but... and then he threw a temper tantrum when Montoya went to pull him. Did he? I didn't see that. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, the story is saying, like, he's saying he's fine, and the next thing you know, he's like, oh, no, oh, no, he's injured. He's got, like, a... Hey, yeah, he's, got got a he's got a sore neck, and he was telling, apparently telling the trainers, I'm fine, I can keep going, and Montoya's like, no, it's it's not your neck, it's your it's arm. Neck. You're, you're, you're horrible. You're horrible. Um, Ryu's making me a bit nervous. <clears throat> he hasn't been Ryu in about six starts, but I mean, that aside, he's allowed to have that. Um, the bats went to sleep against Kikuchi in Seattle. Uh, 
Um, they seem to fall quiet. I mean, I don't believe in the play up to competition, play down to competition, but you know, they seem to be able to hit guys like Garrett Cole really well and Tyler Glasnow really well. And, you know, all these one and two starters really well. And then they go into Baltimore and face Matt Harvey and, you know, they can't hit a junk baller and then they face Kikuchi and they can't hit a junk baller. And I don't know if this is just a fastball driven offense and, and, you know, they, they struggle with crap, but it's, it's a bit of a trend. You know, I, it's just as a aside, and maybe it's something you can explain to me, is one thing I never understood <clears throat> is when you talk about these junk ballers, right? And I can't remember. There was this guy who pitched for Tampa, I believe. Uh, I, his name's not coming to me. He was, he was there last year, and he would he would throw his fastball was like at in the 80s, in like the high 80s. And Char- Charlie Morton? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like this curveball that came in at like 40 miles an hour, right? And yeah. I just never understood how I'm watching. Like, obviously, I don't get it, but how can they not mash the ball it's, when they're coming in? And I, it's, I, I, I can see a horrible time through the first or first time through the order. I can see that because everything looks like a changeup, right? You're looking at arm slot and you're looking at arm angle and you're looking at the spin of the ball and you see a fastball, but it takes twice as long to get to you but you should be able to adapt to that. And that's, I mean, that's where it gets a little bit frustrating. You see these, like Charlie Morton was a great example uh, or, uh, or Matt Harvey, like in Baltimore and he's on his last leg and he can't hang out with anybody and he's throwing 87 mile an hour fastballs and two out of six are strikes and the guys look lost. It's like, well, it's the same thing with like watching Estrada pitch, right? I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was just, it's mesmerizing. I'm like, how, how is he not getting destroyed? Like every. Yeah, but they have to be very start. accurate at that speed, don't you? You have to. Yeah, or you just, you just throw crap and hope for the best. And kind of like, what was that movie? It was a very good, like, biopic uh, baseball movie where a small child became the starter. Was that Rookie the, of the Year? Rookie of the Year. Air, yeah, Air Bud? Are talking about Air Bud? Yeah, Air is, Bud. It, is it Air Bud? Was <laughs> it Air Bud? Yeah. Air Bud. Air Bud. But don't, but don't you yeah, remember? Kid, I, think kid... it was called, I think it was called The Boy Air Who Bud. Pitched. Yes, I remember Air Bud. The, the Boy Who Pitched. The bus that was so slow. <laughs> um, no, but don't you remember towards the end, his arm fixed itself and he could no longer pitch fast. So he just started to make like chicken well, noises he, and like he, weird he, action and it worked. And he, then he just lobbed it. Oh, I've seen this. This is the documentary about R.A. Dickey. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's called Flutterball. Yeah, I know. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, the, the kid fell and broke his arm and all of a sudden had like a cyber, like a cyborg arm. Or he threw the guy out at home plate from the from the stands. That's based on like real events, right? 100%. Yeah, that's yeah right. I told kid, you, R.A. Dickey. R. A. Dickey. The, kid, the kid caught a home run and, 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 and threw out threw out the runner from the outfield stands and then yeah he's starting for the chicago cubs and then in the game seven of the world series the kid just like falls down the stairs and his arm goes back to normal but his mom his mom was like a champion level softball pitcher and she had this thing called the floater oh right yeah so so you know what and this this brings up a good idea (laughs) Yeah. yeah I think um, we saved this one. What, what was the to name? review bad sports movies? <laughs> what yes. was the name of Ari Dickey's book again? Was it like I cheated on my <laughs> wife, and I still made it? <laughs> Wasn't it something like that? Don't trust the babysitter. Don't trust the babysitter. <laughs> um, 
Um, what was it? Where were we? <laughs> that was a quite the tangent. <laughs> I was got... talking about, we were talking about <laughs> junk ball pitchers. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, in his junk yes. balls. Yes. Yeah. Um, literally. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, they're, they're, if they can, I, I think like a real test, I think this is a real test. If they can take care of business, now they have to start taking care of business against the the big boys, right? They need to do that to start gaining some, uh, to actually gaining some ground here or else they're just going to be stuck in like a, a game behind the second wildcard spot at the end of this because they keep winning too and they're not gaining any ground. Right, like where are they? Yeah. Where where are they? Uh, where are they today? I'm gonna to look that up. So right sorry. Now. So while you're doing that, just a stupid question. They went back to the regular wild card. Um, yes. Playoff format. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so okay. the J the Jays really needed to win those games against Seattle because uh, now now they're half a game back of Seattle, half a game up on the Yankees, um, and uh, uh, five games back of the second wild card spot. And the first one, I guess there's a tie that's, right that now. Number for the first and scary. Yeah, like they need to start making. Oh, a move. really? Okay, like, well, that, that's not as bad. Yeah, they're that's not t- as bad. Tampa Bay is tied with uh, with Oakland, and um, I guess Boston's kind of pulling away a little bit. I don't know, it's just three and a half games, but they're not going anywhere. They're twenty games over five hundred now. Oh, but yeah, but you you brought up a point a few days ago or whenever I think you you posted something saying that you're getting two thousand fifteen vibes. And I, and I, I remember that feeling, you know, before they made all those trades and I was saying like, this offense is too good to waste. Like they yeah. were having a great team, a great season. And you're saying like, look, this is kind of a special season they're putting together and you're kind of wasting it with this garbage pitching that they had going on. Right. Um, and then they kind of shocked us with all the moves, but I, I feel it's the same thing going on now. You've got like, you know, you I have to admit it an elite offense going right now. Well, I mean, the with, run differential, with, uh, Tampa Bay has a better run differential. Honestly, I, did, I didn't, I'm surprised by this. They've scored only. Yeah, but I think a lot of that's. What's that? that that's got to be pitching driven though. I don't know. They've scored 397 runs. The Jays have scored 405. Yeah. So it's not that big, right? Like it is, it is pitching driven, but they've allowed, they've allowed 19 more runs than the Jays and scored and scored uh, uh, seven less. They've allowed right. more runs than the Jays. No, less. Nineteen less yeah, runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you know, even like even. Uh, I mean, I mean, Boston has uh, has a very similar run differential, and they have worse pitching, better offense, yeah. worse pitching. Right. Yankees yeah. are minus three. I mean, Baltimore minus one hundred nine. It's yeah. I, I, I mean, this is this is an old number. I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but this is probably going three, four weeks old now. But they had something like a record of five and 15 or five and 11 or something like that in one one or two run games. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's, and, that's prob- that probably hasn't changed much. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, to take away how many games would you say Chat- Chatwood has himself lost? Like three. 26? <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I could, we could look this up, three. but three? I would, three, three would be my number. Okay. I mean, honestly, like three bullpen losses when you're five came five games back, like that's a big deal, right? That's a big deal. Like, well, and like, that's just Chatwood. I, that's what I'm talking Do, about. How many has Dolis blown? How many has thrown? Thro- like, yeah, no, it's a big deal. It's a big, I, I would say bullpen. And you know what? I think this was actually talked about. Shulman might have talked about it last week, and I can't remember the number, so I'm just going to pull some bullshit out of the air. But I think Shulman said something like the bullpen is directly responsible for 15 losses. And 
that's if that number's close and it was it was enough that it was kind of jarring maybe it was 12 maybe it was 18 i don't know but if your bullpen is blowing double digit wins i mean so let's say let's say it's 15 i mean cut that in half and what's the jays record give the jays seven more wins yeah they're they're they're, they're in they're contention for the for the division yeah so i mean you 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 cut those losses in half you still give them you still give the bullpen seven losses. Yeah, but and, let's and let's but let's take a step back and and I know we're 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 frustrated about that, but at the same time, they went into this season with a very weak pitching staff. We all said it, right? We we, you know, we we said it. It was on the you know all the previews and everything. So this shouldn't be a shock. They they, they went just, in with a really weak starting rotation, which is overperformed. Well, the bullpen uh, listen, was originally seen as sort of a sign of strength. Yeah, but I also have... think you can't look at last season and and take anything from that, right? Like, I think there was a lot of, like, you know, because it was so short and such small sample sizes. We, and I think there was a lot of hope based on a lot of the pitchers that kind of came out of nowhere last season. Oh, of course. Well, and they had starters in the bullpen and they had all that. But, no, I, I, I think they built this bullpen not remarkably well, but I think they built it well enough. And, you know, we talked about this three or four episodes ago, they've lost six guys to injury. And, and when you lose those six guys, it's not just that you've lost the production out of those six guys. You've taken other guys that have no business pitching in the position that they're in. And they've been elevated to positions where they shouldn't be again, like Tyler Chatwood's been a disappointment. And when Tyler Chatwood was signed, I kind of cringed. And then all the experts started talking about his numbers. And you look at the numbers and you're like, okay, yeah, maybe it's there. And then he came out and he was borderline dominant for the first few weeks. And then suddenly Tyler Chatwood turned back into Chicago Cubs, Tyler Chatwood. Well, I mean, uh, uh, so, so you're saying that if I, if I miss it, I was just looking up some stats when you were, when you were talking, but Kirby Yates then being out is like pushing everybody into the wrong spots. Well, yes and no, because I mean, they had, the team was going in, I would say the team was going in with two closers in Kirby Yates and Jordan Romano. I think they had a decent second option, they thought, in Dolis. And then Merriweather came out of nowhere and gave two amazing weeks. Um, it's not so much that Yates, I mean, Yates was a write-off. The, Yates didn't start the season, so they had time to adapt. It's, it's losing A.J. Cole it's losing um, Phelps. It's losing what, uh, Merriweather. It's losing uh, Chatwood for a little bit. And I mean, whatever, Chatwood's Chatwood. It was losing Thornton for a little bit. Um, it's the guys that they had, the guys they started the season with all started falling off cliffs. And it's, it's and then, I mean, that's when you're leaning heavy on like the Joel Piamps and the Anthony Castros and, well, um, this kid that they've brought up, um, names escaping me, but well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this stat, like it looks really bad though. Like, I mean, I think it's worse than you were stating before. All I found this May 19th to 24th, which is just a small window, right? Like six days, the bullpen went zero and five and they had three blown saves. Yeah. That's big in but that I mean, week. There's well, you know who I miss Joe Biagini. He he's good. in a bottle. Where is he now? Yeah, is he even in the league? I think, no, I think he's, he's out of the league. He's out of league. Well, that guy was like, like had a bright light for a couple of seasons. He, he had 15 minutes of awesome. Yep. But what? Uh, so, so on that note, what happened to Ken Giles? 
he's hurt, and then they didn't sign him this year. Seattle so, signed so, him, but he, has, so, he hasn't played at all this year. No, he's he's out this year with Tommy John. So Seattle did, I guess, what smart baseball teams do. Um, they knew he'd be out this year, so they signed him to a two-year contract, and basically, I I, I think he got something like. It was like nine million over two years, and I think they're paying him league minimum this year, and then they'll get him healthy for eight and a half or whatever it works out to be. So they basically they've what they've done is they've just leveraged it. They've they've basically paid him to stay home and recover, knowing that there won't be any competition to sign him when he's healthy, and they basically get a free year of looking at him. If I'm Toronto, I would have done that. I if if you're just looking at money. And you know you don't have him for the year. You can still go and sign Kirby Yates to the one-year deal and hope for the best. I mean, it was cheap money and it was insured money. But I would have retained Giles. I would have I would have given him the two-year contract and then see how he comes back from this. And then at least you know you've got him and you've got to look at him. It was it was a good baseball move. He'll be back. Any anyway, he didn't want to come back. He didn't want to sign with the Jays. No, I, I think I think the Jays did what the Jays do and they slow played it. And Seattle offered him guaranteed money to sit at home and rehab, and he did it. Makes sense. He's, he making a million, he's making a million dollars this year and five million. There it is next yeah. year so, with an option in twenty twenty three for nine and a half million. There it is. So uh, why would he say no to that? Yeah, this is smart. Yeah. yeah. So which which I think elegantly leads me into my next question to you. Something you brought up a couple of days ago. You are saying to take a flyer on Shoemaker. I, I, yeah, I would now. Um, he's been DFA'd by Minnesota. We've, we've talked about the numbers and we've seen the numbers and the numbers are ugly, but he doesn't cost anything right now. He's going to clear waivers. I mean, he's only making $2 million anyway. So even if you make the waiver claim on him and you prorate his salary, it's, it's not a lot of money, but you can let him slip through waivers and you can sign him to a minor league contract and you can see if something's there. I, I wouldn't have given up an asset for him the way he was looking and then he was, you know, demoted to the bullpen and his ERA is over eight. And he just, he didn't look very Matt Shoemaker-esque. I mean, I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be one of those famous um, player to be named later or cash consideration traits for me, but you can basically get him for monopoly money right now. So I, uh, someone's going to do it. Someone's going to sign him to a minor league contract. I mean, somebody Atlanta signed Tanner Roark to a minor league contract after the Jays DFA'd him. So it's an arm. You bring him in, you put him in AAA for a couple of weeks, you see if something's there, and maybe he helps the bullpen. Maybe he's a swing starter. I I would. I absolutely would right now. I, I like this hot take here. I'm just reading on Twitter. Can we just put Chatwood on the 60-day IL? I hear neck injuries take a long time to recover from when you're pitching like like shit. <laughs> Somebody said, yes. is there is there is there a 120-day injury list? This guy cracks me up. Then somebody said, Except their next best option is John Axford, who just received his first CPP payment. <laughs> but where is Axford? <laughs> so, so like I haven't. We, we, it's been two weeks. I haven't heard any update. Where is he now? He's reported to AAA. He's in AAA. He's in AAA. Right. We could. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think this is like watch. Like waiting for George Springer to come up. And there's yeah. like a, well, I, a John Axford well, watch. Well, here's this. This. This is. This is from one hour ago. Um, John Axford hit 98 miles per hour, closed out the win, 16 yeah, pitches, 10 strikes. Yeah, and tomorrow, uh, we're going to see something about him uh, getting oxygen. caught with, with spider tack or whatever it was. Delise <laughs> and John Axford each pitched a scoreless inning for the Bisons today. 
Yeah, Dolis can stay there. <laughs> um, no, I, I, Axford's going to pitch for this team. And yeah, it took a little while. I think he had to get the physicals done. And then I'm sure there was some sort of COVID quarantine that he had to deal with. And then he went to Dunedin and I think he did a couple of simulated games and then they gave him the go ahead and he went to Buffalo or Trenton, I guess. Um, I just uh, looked up a picture of John Axford right now and it is, uh, he's looking quite grizzled. Yeah. He's, he's uh, he's a bit of a dirty old vet, <laughs> but Hey, if, if he's hitting 98 and, and he's not on oxygen at the end of the game, then there's only one guy in the bullpen who's hitting 98, and that's Romano. That's true. Um, okay, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to catch this, so I want somebody to describe the shitty YouTube broadcast to me. What, what, oh, you what know what? I meant, I meant to bring this up to uh, – I was going to say, like, that. okay, on the one hand, like, that, that broadcast was just horrific, right? Um, but on the other hand, really makes you – you know, we make fun of Buck and Pat and whatever, but really makes you appreciate – how, who, you know, who, who was doing the announcing? Who was doing it? So there was Adnan Verk, who's an old, yeah, I think an old TSN guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark DeRosa, who's the retired, played for the Jays for a year. <clears throat> He's supposed to be the, the, the stabilizing veteran who turned and out to was, be an, he, an asshole. And, and he was a disaster on the broadcast. Yeah. And then Ryan Roland Smith, who is an old Seattle Mariner. He's, I think he was like the first Australian to pitch for an MLB club. And it's like, he's never seen a team outside of Seattle. Like it was, he was very Homer centric. Uh, What was the point of this? Why did this happen? Well, apparently YouTube has a contract where they're broadcasting one game of every major league team. And this just happened to be the Jays turn. Um, For exposure, I guess it's a decent thing for exposure. And, you know, they're trying to captivate the younger audience that doesn't have cable and, this happened um, in the playoffs a few years ago when the Jays yeah. were in the playoffs in 2016, I want to say. It was just, it was very gimmicky. And there was a lot, there wasn't a lot of play by play. And I, I give them the benefit of the doubt because they're doing play by play watching TV. And, and Buck and Tabby do that really well. And Shulman and all the pros do that really well. These guys were struggling. And it was, a, it was just a lot of like senseless chatter. And so, like, you the know, first, the first, well, the first hit of the game was a fly out to center and DeRosa called. He's like, oh, there's a home run. And it was like 15 feet behind second. And so they all made fun of him. And it was just. So, so since this was, this was on YouTube, were the commercials like blippy? And there, like, were, no, yeah. Yeah. there were no commercials. <laughs> but it, it was like, you know what it felt like? It felt like if it was us calling yes, a game, absolutely. right? And just, and just talking about what we're seeing on TV. Yeah. And then starting to talk about other things. So, so Wilner? Then, yeah, and 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 it really felt like they were, you, you know, what it felt like they were broadcasting to a country that has never watched baseball before. Yeah, and they were trying to, you know, give lessons and explanations. They're like, "Hello, YouTube audience. I know you guys are busy, uh, you know, reviewing games, watching thirteen-year-olds play, you know, Mister Blippy's classroom. Yeah. I, I I forget what that. We we've that, interrupted they, Ryan's world to bring yeah. you Major League Baseball. Yeah, and and you know and. But they were saying stuff, and then what was it? They say something crazy, like, uh, uh, you know, oh, look at that! He got that swing, and he got a hit. Or I don't even remember. It was just dumb. Like it was just inane. The best was oh. right at the beginning. DeRosa was talking about Vladdy last year versus Vladdy this year, and that's the other thing. The only player that these guys knew, they knew Vladdy and they knew Bo. 
and they were still thinking that Bo's like the dominant Blue Jay. So they had a side-by-side screen of Vladdy last year and this year. And DeRosa's like, he's like, yeah, this year I put Vladdy in white this year because, you know, white makes you look heavier. And I'm trying to show that, you know, he's not quite as heavy as he was. Last. And it was just this rambling, really awkward. And he's like, so you see when you're bigger, it's harder to swing. And then he showed a slow motion of both swings. And to anybody aside from maybe Kevin Barker, the swings were identical. And then he's like, and he's like, and let's look at this launch angle and where this ball goes. And then he's, so he shows the home run and it's like 430 feet. And he's like, and then here's his dad putting one in almost the same spot. Oh, no way. This was like 565 feet. It was just, it was very poor. And, and they had, I wish I remember her name. Um, there were, there was a woman on the broadcast and she, some of her insight was really well thought out and actually like better baseball centric than what DeRozan and Ryan Smith were giving. But again, it was like we were broadcasting and she would lose her thought halfway through and she'd be like, and then there was, Oh, I'll just get back to that later. So like our podcast, exactly like our podcast. So, so to close out the Jays, I want to talk about this, 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 uh, I like this question. If I have a question about it before I answer, give my answer. If you can only extend one, Robbie Ray or Marcus Simeon, now, who would it be? So now I want to ask a question before anybody answers. Does that mean you you can sign either one of those two and potentially somebody else? Or you're only signing one of those two and that's it? You got to pick one of the two. Now I know. Pick one of the two. It's, but can they also a, sign another free agent? No, it's irrelevant. So it's irrelevant, but they could still sign another free agent. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't impact anything else, but all it is is basically the reason I kind of put that in the agenda is they were talking about it on the radio and there's speculation with the way that they've both performed. They could both be looking for similar contracts and they could be big contracts. So if you have to pick one, are you investing in the pitcher or are you investing no. in the second base? Simeon. I'd say Simeon because uh, for one reason he's proven and you need him uh sec and robbie ray was like if i'm not mistaken kind of like off the scrap heap reclamation project and could be a disaster again next year and you could probably replicate that and the reason for my question was sign marcus simeon and go get a real go get a number one starter or or you know one two or three starter although he could be that i trust the track record of simeon more than robbie ray I know we need pitching more than that, but it's also not a good defensive team. And I think having him up the middle is important. So that's my vote. Joe. So, yeah. Like when I saw that, the question out there, it was like hands down Simeon, right? Like proven, proven commodity. Like it's almost the exact same reasons, right? Like Ray is having a fantastic season and it could fall off the rails next season. And, and how many more do you think you can get out of him like that? Right. But Simeon, like, look at him. I, I could easily see him, even if he's not performing exactly how he is now, I could see very serviceable seasons coming out of him for at least the next four or five years, right? If if not more. So that, anyway, I, I just, I, I feel that the safer bet is Simeon. And they the need pants? him, right? What about the pants, though? Like, well, the pants. Factor in? So I'm more conflicted than you guys. And and the only reason I'm more conflicted we're talking is... About, we're talking about the two players, though, like... Well, yes, I'm, I'm genuinely conflicted, but um, you have very limited pitching coming 
through your minor leagues. Very limited. You've got probably the only guy left, and I'm getting pretty close to writing off Nate Pearson as anything more than maybe a reliever. You got Simeon Woods Richardson, and he's 19. Pitching's really hard to find, and um, we don't know right now. If you were to ask me right now, Robbie Ray is the number one starter on this team. And that's just based on what we've seen the last six yeah, but, starts. Out yeah, of but right now, though, right now. Okay, but here's the other thing. Robbie Ray has had more positive seasons than negative seasons. He's remembered because he had two really bad years in Arizona. Right? Before that, he was very much the Robbie Ray that he is right now. And he's figured something out with Pete Walker. And it's very hard to find these left-handed guys that can throw in the high 90s and are striking people out at the rate that he's striking out. Now, you're absolutely right. Robbie Ray could come back next year and walk everybody, right? Yeah. And the, the, the track record of Marcus Simeon's there. But you have, between double-A and triple-A, four guys that can play second base and that within the next couple of years could possibly play second base at a higher level than Marcus Simeon would. If you Because here's the thing. You're going to be given Marcus Simeon five years. You're going to yeah. be given Marcus Simeon. How old Simeon is he again? 30. 30 or 31. Okay, yeah. so they're both about the same age. Uh, yeah. Ray is 29, I think. But here's his, here's his, his – I'm, I'm just going to go by ERA. Maybe that's not the best stat, but I'll go by ERA. Just no, wait, wait, I'm wait. Looking at. No, but before you do that, the, the, I, I, I kind of see Will's point, though, because he was a strikeout machine, right, for years. Like, yeah. he, he, he has very impressive strikeout numbers for the number of innings he's pitched. And I think that's what they were banking on because he had kind of two – um, you know, disastrous seasons in 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 Arizona. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead with your your ERAs. Well, and yeah, but, then, about- but but that strikeout number comes into play too. So like, I'll scroll down here. But like, ERA. So his first season in Detroit, eight point one six, two thousand fifteen. So now Arizona, three point five, four point nine, two point eight nine, three point nine, four point three, and then you know, uh, total for those uh, in twenty twenty, uh. Uh, sorry, in 2020, he, he was 7.8 and then 4.8 last year, 4.79 and 3.4. And even if you look at the strikeout numbers, like they were really high in 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and then fell off the wagon in 2020. Yeah. And 2021, he, you know, he's kind of back up there. He's at 113 now. But those, that, those ERA numbers is not number one starter. That's like middle of the rotation starter. And maybe even a fifth starter on a really good team, a fourth starter on a, on a good team. There's nothing wrong with a mid four ERA now. Yeah, but not as, a, not as a, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a, an ace. What's, what's Ryu's ERA over his last six starts? Yeah, but there's an argument to be made that he shouldn't be a number one starter either. No, but what I'm saying is like, okay, so even if Robbie Ray is a good number two, right? And, you know, if his if his median say is a three point eight four, a, a three point eight four is a number one starter, right? There's very few guys who are below three point five, and if he's striking out, you know, if his if his Ryu if his is three point six five this year, by the way, yeah. Well, and he was he was like just over two for the first eight starts, I think. Okay, but you know. This this is this is a hypothetical situation that we've created, right? I think oh, of all of us would say, both. "Do your best, get both." Right? One hundred percent. I think all three of us are saying, "Absolutely, bring Stripling back." I, I 
again, but, I don't care. But you should be able. But you should be able to play that. Like play that with uh with uh with Ray though. Uh, I don't know. Like get get him under like a get, give him a bunch of years at like a better. Uh, well, I think AV. you're gonna you're gonna have to make uh, good on this year. I mean, he he got eight million dollars this year, and he's he's pitching like a twenty million dollar pitcher right now. And you know that's not usually how business works, but that's how baseball works. Mm-hmm. So you're you're going to have to compensate him a bit. I think Ray's happy here. I think Ray likes working with Pete Walker. I think Ray likes the dynamic and I think you could probably get Ray locked up, but you can't let Ray go to free agency. I think you could let Simeon go to free agency and you might be able to pull him out of it. I think Simeon is going to free agency. Um, Unless they blow him out of the water. But you made one thing. I think you made one mistake. I heard a clarification on the radio the other day. You can't qualify him. Because he was offered a qualifying offer last year and he turned it down. So he can't be qualified this year. So there's no qualifying offer tied to Simeon. Would you hear that? That's the exact opposite of what I heard. I heard it on the radio the other day. I'll, I'm going to look it up. You guys, you guys it, discuss. Yeah. Was it, was it, it Storm and Norman Rumbach who said that? Cause it, I was, it was. Because I heard, I heard one of the reasons that Simeon was really pissed off was with Oakland was they wouldn't even extend the qualifying offer. And the reason the Jays were able to get him so easily is because they didn't have to sacrifice any compensation. I'm, I'm going to look it up. But maybe somebody who I... Uh, um, maybe somebody... Uh, the, the way I heard it, it was Dan Schulman said, I believe... You don't have to qualify him this year, but maybe they just said it wrong. Maybe they assumed. Uh, so let me let me look it up. Yeah. So, it, so I can tell you right now, they did not extend a qualifying offer to him. He, yeah, and he was really upset about that to him or Liam Hendricks. Yeah, they just let him walk. So the yeah. Jays were able to outbid for him, and they didn't have to give up a cat or a, a prosper a, a draft pick. And that qualifying offer travels with him, so you can issue him a qualifying offer. Now, I, I think that's redundant. The Jays will issue a qualifying offer and he'll decline, but no one's going to scoff at giving up the 23rd ra- or 23rd overall pick if they're going to sign Marcus Simeon for five or six years. So anyway, the whole point of that hypothetical discussion is like, we know this team and we know the way this team manages assets and we know that they're paying Ryu for a couple of more years and they've got Springer for five years after this and then they're going to be... They're, Eventually, you're going to have to pay Bo and Vladdy, and um, you're going to have to pay Oscar. So, you know, they're going to be frugal. And yes, they should sign both. If you want to be a competitive ball club, you sign both. But I, pitchers are, I mean, I mean Simeon's amazing. But the one thing this team has is this team has offense and this team has prospects. Um, that they could plug in at second base and they're not going to be Marcus Simeon next year, but they could be Marcus Simeon in a year or two. But if you can get Robbie Ray, you know, for three years at 65 million, I I wouldn't be surprised if they push that way. You know, speaking of Robbie Ray, Jay, Jay Jay Happ is still in the league. Yeah. He's in Minnesota. Minnesota is where all like the, the dead Jays go. Yeah. It's funny. I remember when he got um, his his twenty wins with the Jays. I remember. I don't know who it was on the radio, but some somebody was saying like those were the luckiest twenty wins he's ever seen a pitcher get in his career. <laughs> he was like, he was winning like five four ball games. Yeah, 
But his uh, ERA they, that year was like three point one, like three point one eight. Like this but, is not a nothing to laugh at. But, but what are what are the qualifying offer? I'm trying to like find this on the fly here. But like, what are the qualifying offer rules? Like, if you're not offered one, like, what are the rules? Like, who gets offered a qualifying offer? So players who I believe it's in their last year of or their first year post arbitration. So they're a super two or whatever it is they're called. Um, it's the last opportunity to try to retain them at the league average. Okay. So, so he's two years past that. Is he still qualifying offer? Eligible? Yes. Yes. Because every player is entitled to one qualifying offer. And if it's not issued, it travels. So he'll, it comes with him again, like Oakland just declined. So he's an instant free agent, right? Um, the Jays will extend a qualifying offer and it'll be around what he makes this year. It'll probably be around 18.5 and he'll decline the qualifying offer and he'll, uh, he'll elect for free agency. And then whatever team um, signs him has to give Toronto a compensatory draft pick, which is usually anywhere between 23rd and 28th overall. So the only thing that I can see with Marcus Simeon, what, what I was saying earlier is you might be able to get him out of free agency is if he's hell bent on being a shortstop and he's going to go out into this market with Carlos Correa and Trevor Story and Corey Seager. And, you know, it's a pretty deep shortstop class. And there's only so many teams that a need to fill that void and B are prepared to pay that much money. So there could be more guys than jobs. And yeah, it's a bad year for shortstops in the Frazier market or a good year, I, I should say. I think if he's content to play second base, I think the Jays can make him a very highly paid second baseman. If, if why, they were to why offer, why don't they put him at short? Like, so you're right. First of all, I can confirm that I was wrong. Like, he will be offered a qualifying offer this year, but why not spice it up for him? Like, why not put him at shortstop? Well, he's getting a few starts here and there. I just I don't think they know what to do with Bo yet. I think, you know, they're, they 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 want to prioritize, I guess, the ego of their long term super prospect over a guy who might only be here for one year. Well, what's wrong with I, Yeah, I, I, I don't has know. The league, has the league changed that much? Like, like uh, whatever other indiscretions he has, like, you know, Robbie Alomar is a, is, or was, or is he still, I don't know, whatever was, is in the hall of fame as a second baseman. Like you can be a second baseman and have a pretty good career. What's the difference? It's, it's just shortstops the sexy position right now. That's well, all tell, it is. Tell, talk to his dad and have his dad like kick the shit out of him or something and tell him like. Well, he wants his he wants his son to be a shortstop because shortstops are making all the money right now. Yeah, well, well you saying... know, but sorry, if, if we were if we were worried about, yeah, I should say we, but if the team was worried about egos, they they did not bat an eye at moving uh, uh, Vladdy from exactly. first, right? Well, and I, I think I think Vladdy quickly realized that he's not a third baseman. And no, but but didn't he come out and say recently he's going to get back there? He's, I thought he said at something. The begin, at the beginning of the – during the offseason, he said he'd like to play first third base again after he lost his weight. But I think I think Vladdy's growing up a lot. And and if you watch that Vladdy play first base – He's good. He plays first base like a third baseman. Like he's he's ridiculously athletic. He's aggressive. He's smart. And I think he's – I think Vladdy didn't want – to sort of fall into the Cecil Fielder, Prince Fielder, uh, Frank Thomas mold of its, well, I'm just a fat guy that hits and they got to stick me somewhere. I, I think he was worried about that stigma 
but I, I think he's taken first base and realized that it's it's a really cool position to play. And he looks happy and he's having fun and he's joking with people. And I think that's changed. I think if you were to say to Bo, look, we want you to play second base, I think Bo's the type that will kind of see that as a demotion. So, I mean, but, but back to it, there aren't many second basemen aside from like Altuve and DJ LeMayhew that are making huge money. And if you were to give Simeon you know, a three-year, $75 million contract and say, you're going to pay, we're going to pay $25 million to play second base. He'd be stupid to walk from it because he's not going to get $25 million to play shortstop. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like, the other thing I'd say about, just to wrap it up, and like, so we don't become like Jay's talk, basically. Um, the, but I guess the only thing I'd say about Vladdy at first base, though, is that playing with the infield defense that they have, he's at, he's in danger quite a bit. Right? He's at risk <laughs> of getting injured like often, um, and I would be scared on every throw to first base from like well, third or sec or shortstop. The other thing is he's got like a three WAR, and there aren't a lot of first basemen that have WAR that high, and that just shows you how much better he's making the defense of the infield. Like he's he's saving the errors. Yeah, but at the risk of injury is my point. Yeah, he's a big boy. I mean, aside from the panic play where, you know, he got pulled right into Stanton. I, Sorry, don't finish your thought. I, mean, I, 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 I think he's okay. I got kind of a stupid question. Why, um, what, what about um, Simeon at third? I'd be all why? for it. I'd be all for it. I'd be all for it. I'd be all for putting Bo at third. I, Just, I think both options are there. I, I don't know. I don't know why maybe it's an arm thing, but I mean, you have to have a stronger arm for short than you do for third. Well, no, cause I remember Fernandez, you know, was a fantastic shortstop and he ended his career as a third baseman. Right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a good, it's a good point. It's a good thought. I, cause they are starving for a third base. Well, and I think maybe they thought they had a bigger hole at second than they did at third. And I think maybe they put too much stock in Biggio at third base. You know what? If, if, if Santiago Espinal, can hit at least something respectable. I I see nothing wrong with him playing first third base. But I, I don't I don't see a strong hitting career out of him. But I don't know what what do I know? Well, um, shall we move on from the from the Blue Jays or anything else to? Uh, anything well, else one to thing work? one thing I'll say, and it's not not to generate big discussion or anything, but. Uh, watching, I don't know if anybody else sees this, but watching, um, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Bichette hit. Like, does anyone else like their back hurt when they watch him oh, swim? Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> like, pretty aggressive. Um, like, he, yeah, yeah, he's gonna his arm is thick. Yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> it, it does sound painful. I, um, I just feel like he's just setting himself up for a short career. But anyway. You know, another thing about uh, about just to say about uh, about Simeon, he is bat he is playing like his career batting average is like two fifty, I think, or something like that, and he's hitting like what is he hitting like two ninety this year? Um, he's playing well above his normal this year as well. Yeah, right? well, last like he was horrible last year, but he was really really hurt. The year before he had a good year, but the year before that, like 255, 249, 238, 257, you know, 50, 55, 52 RBI so far. Um, he's on track to 
beat his 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 top was in 2019 92 rbis he's gonna beat that um you know hits hits he's already at 94 hits he had 187 2019 um 60 rbis this year so far he had 123 in 2019 so this is going to be a career season for him too like he's playing for a contract clearly he's doing a good job is what i'm trying to get at but do you get this one or do you get more like the 260 which is okay too but like which one do you get that's what i was saying like even if he regresses to his me is his median i still think that's a good player to have right like there's i have no issue with that yeah right but if if um if Ray regresses to his low, then then you're in trouble, right? Again, I'm I'm advocating for both, right? If you can bring both back, bring both back. Right? So let's move on. Let's let's uh let's move on to the Leafs here a little bit. How about that? Let's skip the let's skip this other topic for now. Let's let's get back to the Raptors if we can. But I want to talk about this Leafs thing, if that's okay. Um. You you mentioned Dougie Hamilton. How how, how could the Leafs sign Dougie Hamilton? No idea. And, and that's kind of why I brought it up. It was, you, you know how Toronto Twitter is and you know how Toronto media is. You have to make a trade. And you have to trade. Yeah. I mean, they do have money. They're, how, they're, they're, how, how much? Okay. Well, so let's look it up. If Freddie's not coming back, right? So there's, there's $5 million that you're not spending. I, um, you, you still you know, need a, you still need a goaltender. And if you don't sign Hyman, um, that's 3.5 available, I think. So his last contract was Dougie Hamilton. Oh, this is an old thing. Was $5.7 million. So he's going to get yeah. more than that. He, he may or may not. I mean, he's when he signed that contract, he was a lot younger. Yeah, he signed that he's, contract. He's, he's not going to get less. Okay. Like just, yeah. just yeah. He, he signed that contract in 2015 and he's been making that since. So right. he's going to get more than that, right? For sure, he's going to get more than that. So they have to trade, like they have to trade Nylander or, or Marner. They're not going right? to trade either of those guys. The, the person, it's not going to happen. The person that I think if something big is going to happen, it's going to be around Morgan Riley. That's that's what's going to happen. I hope happen. not. I, I mean, don't. I'm not saying I want that either, but uh, I don't I mean, think you want both of those guys. You want a better, I think. Well, and Morgan Riley's just, only got one year left. I mean, you're, you're you're not wrong, Joe. Like I, as as much as I want them to trade Marner, um, it's a very hard trade to make. Now there was a good, I think it was Kiprios was on the other day, and he said either they need to do something with Marner or they need to start finding a way to mend fences because the amount of vitriol towards Mitch Marner since the playoffs, you know, if there's fans in the stand next year. And if he comes out of the gate slow, or if he if he keeps playing like Mitch Marner, and instead of forechecking and backchecking, he's playing shuffleboard, it's it's not going to be pleasant for him. And he doesn't seem like, and again, whatever this is recency bias, but he doesn't seem to be the mentally tough kind of kid that's going to slough that off and grind through it. He seems kind of like a little bit mopey. I think it's the opposite. I think he thinks that he's done nothing wrong. And the, I think that Toronto players in the NHL are conditioned to think that the fans are stupid and they're all hot takes. And you're, we love you, Mitchie. You're the okay, best. Uh, listen, I listen, there's somewhere in the middle there because I will say fans in Toronto can be very stupid. 
No, right? that's, and, that's and, true. And, You're and, right. And, yeah, that's a good point. And and if the if the Leafs management is worried about what Leafs fans think about players in the moment, then they're doing a bad job. Like I I don't think you could because if that was the case, Nylander would have been traded, you know, three years ago, which is you know, right. And he's been one of the, and if you look at his numbers over, you know, ever since his contract was signed, he's had very good seasons, right? He is he is a fantastic player that people rag on for ridiculous reasons. Right? Well, I, I think Nylander and, won a lot of people over in the playoffs, and I think. But he was scoring in the playoffs every year that he's been in the playoffs. He he does exactly what he's paid to do, and I, and people. Well, and, but I, I think what's happened is that contract turned out to be good, and I think when he signed that contract and he sat out until December, and you know, you're you're right. Leafs fans are idiots, and there's this ego and pretension of, well, you should just want to play here for anything that we're prepared to give you. Listen, I will, sorry, I I will say something because I don't know why people have revisionist history about this stuff, but everybody loves Doug Gilmore, right? Universally. You can't find somebody who says, I don't like Gus. Doug Gilmore came to the Leafs because he was holding out on the Flames. He was walking, he was ready, he was going to walk out mid-season on the team. And that's how he became a Leaf. And then when he got traded from the Leafs to New Jersey, no, it was New Jersey. Was it Jersey? Yeah, it was New Jersey, Jersey. right? It was a contract dispute. He wanted more money and they weren't going to give it to him. And then it's, so this is not something that, you know, cause you'll hear a lot of like Euro trashing and stuff like that, but sure. it's, I mean, give me a break. Like Gilmore's whole career was becoming one of the greatest to most loved Leafs of all time was a re- direct result of a contract. Holder. I, I don't, I don't mind Nylander trying to get what he wanted to get. I mind more Mitch Marner trying to be on a level playing field with Austin Matthews. That's yeah. the part I don't like. He's listen. He, he got the ob- money, he, but objectively, that was the, what? Sorry, objectively look at Marner's numbers. They are very impressive. Yeah, but because he played, but 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 let's take. I don't, I don't know the answer to this, but and I I actually don't even know the stat. But is he just feeding the puck to Austin Matthews a lot? This is the first season he's played with Matthews. Yeah, so his he's season. never played with Matthews before. Okay. So all his numbers before that had nothing to do with. Well, well but, the, but he, he played with Tavares for a year. Okay, okay so, but, and look but, and look at what happened to Tavares when they didn't play together. Okay, yeah. so like, so so let's be fair here. Austin Matthews had a horrible playoff too. Why is he getting he off? Did. Why is he like uh, safe in all this? Because I because you know what like just personally. When it comes to playoffs, like you're looking at like a, you know, a four to seven game microcosm, right? And I'm not saying throw it out, but I'm saying sometimes you see things happen at their worst or at their best. They're either blown out. Every year. They do this every year. Yeah. Well, Austin Matthews has scored every year in the playoffs, right? Like this was, I don't know. That's my answer. Well, there's my answer then. I don't know. Matthews Marner has not then. That's the difference. The difference, again, it's this elitism in Toronto where... We want the lunch bucket guys, right? We want everybody loves Zach Hyman. Everybody loved Connor Brown. Everybody, you know, my favorite player, you know, in the early 2000s was Tom Fitzgerald. Like everybody likes the third line grinders. And are you kidding me? Tom, oh, sorry, Tom Fitzgerald. Sorry, I was, I mixed up. I was about to say something else. I thought you were talking about Tom Curvers and I was going to oh. lose, lose my mind on you for a second. But yeah. Um, the, the difference with the playoffs this year is, yeah, Matthews wasn't scoring, but you saw differences in Matthews 
And and again, like there's just something about Mitch Marner, and you know, Mitch Marner is my my uh, Steve Pierce. But, but but here's what I hope happens for real, and with Mitch Marner, I hope that because publicly I agree with this. They when they spoke to Austin Matthews, I think in that post <laughs> the availability. Right, right after the season, he yeah. said stuff like, "You know, we love uh, Mitch and we support him and blah blah blah." But I hope behind the scenes, somebody said something to him. Well, like, somebody had to. It, it, it was just it, who though? I watched. Uh, I don't know. Like, but I, I watched that's the, 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 uh, uh, what's Spezza? his name? Not Spezza. It, did Spezza or like um, uh, who's the other guy? What's wrong with me? The other veteran, Horton? Simons, right? Simmons. Did, did, did Simmons. So did they say like, um, "We'll resign," but we get to tell. <laughs> We get to have more control over the. No, I, I was going to make a joke, but actually, I'll say it seriously. I wonder if him in particular, Spezza. I, I don't. I don't think so. But I wonder if he was like, I need to have more of a say over this, like the dressing room or something. Like these kids can't run this. No, well, we, I, I think it's implied. But what I, what you saw, yeah, but- you, 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 you saw. No matter what was happening, Austin Matthews was in the corners. Austin Matthews was in the scrums. Austin Matthews was back checking. Austin Matthews was forechecking. Austin Matthews was in front of the net. Austin Matthews, every time the puck was on his stick, he was shooting it. And you're you're right, Joe. It's this microcosm, and you see the worst and you see the best. But and and I'm I'm going to speak very generically, and I know this is incorrect, and this is a complete exaggeration. But I swear to God, every time I saw Mitch Miner, he was either standing at the hash marks when the puck's in the corner. He was on the half boards and he was using his stick like a shuffleboard cue and he was just poking at the puck or he had the puck on his stick and he was doing laps and he was looking for that sexy PS4 drop pass. He was looking for the slot pass. He was looking for something that's going to be on Sportsnet and he wasn't playing. And and again, this is hyperbole. He wasn't playing playoff hockey. There wasn't that gut drive. There wasn't that gut check of, okay, you know what? I might have to get hurt here. I might have to lean into somebody. I might have to have somebody lean into me. And I know that's not my game, but this is what you got to do. And there's just, I don't think he's that kid. Like I just, I, I don't see it. And I don't think you can have a winger that's taking, you know, a huge chunk of your salary cap who just wants to play the pretty game. And we've said this before, uh, in uh, several times, Mitch Marner can be a very good player on a very good team, but Mitch Marner needs to be the top paid guy. He needs to be the top scorer. He needs to be the sniper. He needs to play with two guys who are going to get him the puck and let him do his dippy doodle shit. And yeah, but then, but you're right. But then maybe Austin Matthews needs to assert himself. Like he just needs to assert himself. So like, I, I don't know how you do this. I'm not an athlete. I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not really like an amateur athlete, but like, not really. Has, <laughs> no, well, listen, it was a very but, illustrious softball. Career. But, but he needs to assert himself. Like, I, I don't know how you do it again. I don't know how to do it, but I doubt that Wayne Gretzky. I, okay. I don't mean to make a Wayne Gretzky comparison, but, but I doubt just that Wayne, did. No, but no, but I doubt that Wayne Gretzky used to say like, I'm the best player on this team. But how do you do it? Is it okay, the but, other people? Is it no? But hold on, is it the other people on the team? Is it the supporting cast that need to go to him and be like, he's the guy? But also, not the guy. You're, you're, no, but hold on. Like you're you're saying a whole bunch of stuff like that. We don't know if if Incorrect, he's saying this, he's saying that. No, but we don't know. Like I, that, I that said, I don't know. Sports, I said, how do you do it? How do you no, do it? No, but you don't know that. That's what he thinks that I think I need to be the best. I think I'm. We don't know, uh, right? But that's, that's just, implied that's, by him wanting that contract. 
he shouldn't be an eleven million dollar player. Why not? He's like top five scoring in in his career. Austin, Austin, Austin Matthews is the third best player in the NHL right now, and he's yeah. making twelve. Yeah, and that's fine. The guys that's ahead fine. of him. I have no problems with that. But but like, where's the differentiation then? How so? Uh, Between the two, mean? I'm saying that he. Sh- I don't think that their contract should be that close. Uh, Matthews and Marner. Yeah. No, Marner. Hey, hold on. Marner. First of all, I think doesn't Matthews make close to fifteen? No. No. Twelve. No. I think maybe uh, on uh, as uh, an 11, average. 11.87 or something. No, no, no. Okay, you guys keep. I'm going to look it up, but uh, I, I just think that you're. you're you're really discounting what a talent Marner is, right? And just to throw something like that overboard over, like, look, it wasn't a good playoffs for anybody. This, this, this was a no, ridiculous. He hasn't no, no. had a good playoffs ever. He hasn't scored a single playoff goal. He's not, but he's not a goal scorer though. Look at him. He's way, like, what's his high is twenty. Okay, well, I don't know if he's. Like a, a, I'll like, look he's that up. That's and not by, his forte. His forte but, is playmaking, right? Um, but. I think we're also discounting what an impact losing Tavares had in the dramatic way that they did. I'm 100%. not making an excuse for it, but, but I mean, that was jarring. And by, for... and by the way, yeah, you're right. That was bad. You're right. Um, okay. By the way, Austin Matthews salary is only $700,000, 750. Okay. Yeah, a signing, he has like a 15, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Signing bonus of this year. He had a signing bonus of $9.7 million. So, but his AAV is is under twelve. It's eleven point eleven million six hundred forty thousand two hundred fifty. Yeah. I'm just uh, I'm just saying that I don't think this team is sustainable under the format that it's been developed, and I will never um, take issue with the Tavares signing. I think it was a great signing. I still think it's a good signing, and like you said, I think the playoffs may have been a little bit different if he wasn't lost. A, just being lost in general, or B, being lost in the fashion that he was. Um, I have no issues with the Nylander signing. It's a steal right now. What is he, like 6.9? I, y- you got to find money. And, you know, we can talk about moving Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley's 5 million bucks, right? You're, you're not going to get a replacement for Morgan Riley for 5 million bucks. You're not going to get a replacement for Alex Kerfoot for 3.5 million bucks. But you can take an asset and you can take a position of strength. And I think Austin Matthews can play just as well, maybe not exactly as well, but comparably as well with William Nylander as he can with Mitch Marner. And I think you can take that $10 million that you're paying Mitch Marner and you can re-sign Zach Hyman, who I honestly think does more for Matthews than Marner does. And then you can put, you know, five or six million dollars into your defense. And that's how you can go and get a Dougie. Okay. Well, well, listen, let's, listen, let's, let's look I, at I, this. Let's look at this. Hold on. I just have the stats in front of me. Okay. So I'll walk back Mitch Marner a little bit, but then also support what Will just said. So career playoffs for Mitch Marner. Um, 32 games played, five goals, 20 assists, 25 points, minus one. So he has like, you know, less than a point per game, but whatever. That's not that terrible but he makes $11 million. Now let's look at William Nylander, 32 games played in the playoffs. Obviously like every single game that Marner has played in the playoffs, Nylander has been in right. Um, 23 points plus two. And he makes $4 million less or whatever, three point something million dollars less. So like uh, they seem like they're comparable players or even in the regular season, uh, 51 games played uh, for, for Nylander, 42 points. Um, Mitch Marner, 
Uh, Mitch Marner played he had over 60 55 games, 67, 67 points. Yeah. He had a big regular season. You can't, you can't argue it. A big regular. No. Listen, you are listen. Like you're, uh, you're entitled to your opinions. You're both very wrong. Um, like the, the, Mitch Marner and and Neilander are not comparable players. Like they're they're complementary players, right? What what Marner brings to the team is very different than what Neilander does, right? The, his play, like Marner's playmaking ability, is elite. Like it's like top five in in the NHL stuff. It is not like uh, Nylander is a goal scorer who can do some neat tricks, but Nylander does disappear for some stretches, right? Like that, I'm not gonna right, and that's why he's not paid at that elite level, right? He's not he he is not a you know a consistent night in night out player, which I'm fine with. I have no issue with that, right? Like I think he's paid for what he brings to the table. Now, you want to trade Marner? I expect a haul in return. Oh, and, for and sure. If, right? Yeah, yeah you're giving that. them away. No, if no, no, you're, no, no. If, you're, yeah. if you're doing like a, a team-changing trade, yes. fine. But no, just no, to I, say, get the hell out of here no, because no, 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 of no. your garbage. I, I, I want to be clear. If there was no cap in the in NHL, I wouldn't be saying this. I would be saying like, he's great, you need him, and, and go sign somebody else. But they need cap space. So you need to get rid of – You have. I think you kind of have to get rid of somebody. So who's so, going to get you the bigger haul? Is it him or Nylander? Probably, here, here, right? No, but you, you, you're forgetting that. Like, I know Will brought it up, but $5 million is coming off the books with, with uh, Anderson. Like, that's, yep. not, that's not an insignificant. Yeah, but, that's not, but that, you can't just give that to uh, – you have internal guys you have to sign to. Right? Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's well, it's not as bad. It's not as bad. There's a lot of guys that are locked up. But you, Hyman's going to want six. So – I mean, he can want it. I don't think, like, look, I love Hyman as much as the next guy. He is not a $6 million. But he's going to get it. Yeah. He's going to get he, it. Then he can get it somewhere else. I have no issue with that. Like, you, you, uh, he's a hard worker, blah, blah, blah. But he's not a $6 million. I wish I had the button on the soundboard for that, like, save by the bell sound when, like. <laughs> the ooh, ooh. No, but come on. Like, those are the contracts. Giving Hyman $6 million, those are the contracts that sink you on your on – your, it's not paying top dollar for your top players, but overpaying for your mid-tier players. Okay, that so is a, That is a big deal. Like, like wasting $6 million on a player like him. Like, and same thing with Kerfoot. Like, Kerfoot is very replaceable. Like, that, that is $3 million, $3.5 million that you don't need to spend on. Like, you can get another third-line center, right? Like, again – Looking back on it, I know it, it had to be done at the time. Like Kadri had to go, but how much better would this team look with Kadri still here right now? Well, it, it wouldn't at all because he's getting suspended in the first game of the playoffs. Okay, whatever. But you know, <laughs> Kadri doesn't play in the playoffs. Okay, yeah, but then you say you want. This is what I don't understand. Like you want players to to act like this, but then you know. No, I want I want players that play aggressively and intelligently. I don't want players that stab guys in the eyes six seconds into the game. Okay, okay, so here, hot take hypothetical: Mitch Marner to Calgary for Keith Kachuk or Keith Kachuk? Yeah, get Keith Kachuk, um, Matthew Kachuk, and Johnny Goudreau. Would you do it? No, I wouldn't. Hurt I you. wouldn't. Oh, good. Kachuk's like the. Biggest douchebag in the league. I know oh. you're saying like, oh, I, he's one of those you love to have him on your team. But hundred percent. God, like, uh, did you not remember this guy pouting and whining when when I can't remember what he did when uh, when Muzzin shot a puck at him? Yeah, no, yeah. I a hundred percent. But 
he's going to be the biggest dick in the playoffs and the Leafs don't have a big dick in the playoffs. And you got Johnny Goudreau, who's the Mitch Marner prototype, but he's like Mitch Marner, you know, B minus. Yeah, but Goudreau's also on the flip side of his career right now. Sure, but again, you've also you've diversified your roster. No, no, no. Listen, if you are getting rid of if Marner, you need like an elite defenseman coming back. Like there's no there's no two ways about that. If you're going to waste that asset, you need to bring back a, a clear number one defenseman. That's the only, in my mind, that's the only way you do it. Mitch Marner for Seth Jones, would you do it? I'd have to look up Jones. How old is he? Same age, if not maybe a year or two older. Is he? I don't know. I'd have to look him up. Sorry, I've been looking for a video of the Saved by the Bell reaction for the last couple minutes. So Quality time spent. Yeah, yeah I didn't find one. But yes, I, I, I agree with the trade and or signings that you <laughs> were speaking of. So he's, he's three years older. Yep. That's a big difference. You know. Defensemen are older. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> It's a it, it, it's it's a later maturity rate, and I, I don't think you want a twenty one year old defenseman. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I don't really have anything else. Again, it's uh, like you said. I'm not. I don't want to punt Marner off the ship just for the sake of punting Marner off the ship. I'm not saying that he's a cancer. I'm not saying that like this is addition by no. subtraction. No, I'm but saying you, you're saying you're not saying that, but if, if I replay it, that's exactly the impression I got from yeah, what it, you were saying. I, I'm saying I think that $11 million can be spent differently. And, Agreed. and I, I, I think that's why I said the Kachuk Goudreau thing. I think you can get two yeah, strong but... players. If you can get two B plus Two B plus players for an A plus player. Yeah, but yeah, but hold on, it's not really going to work that way. Uh, following what what Joe was saying too, you trade Marner, you're not getting zero salary back. So who are you asking for for him? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if you were to look at the Kachuk contract and if you look at the Goudreau contract, it's going to be pretty comparable to Marner's whole. Like you're basically sending out ten million dollars for ten million dollars but you're getting two players and you're getting two different players. But right. would they want to do that? Uh, I don't see, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not Dubas. I mean, I, I wouldn't have handled the contract negotiations the way Dubas did either. But like, if, if you can get the dirty winger that everybody hates, who's going to play aggressively and is going to, you know, make a different level impact. And if you're going to get, you know, a smaller speedy winger, again, Marner light, then your team's deeper, right? It's, it's, you know, like if you want to compare it to the Jays batting order, it's, you know, you take out Rowdy Telez and you add George Springer and you add, you know, Reese McGuire. And all of a sudden that lineup looks entirely different. It looks a lot stronger and a lot deeper. It was the problem with the Leafs and what happened this year against Montreal is you were so dependent on your top three and your top three got shut down. So there was nothing, and you've got Jake Muzzin being a hero and scoring two goals, and yeah, you right. got you, you got Spezza doing whatever he can to score goals, and you got Kerfoot playing above his head, and and uh, yes, you lost John Tavares, right? So your second line had a big hole, but it's it's a front loaded team, 
And I'm not saying that you need to have four lines. You don't need to have four equal lines, but you need to have guys throughout your lineup, throughout your roster that are going to make an impact and maybe a different impact. And if, if I've got, you know, if, if, if you move out Marner, right? Like just say you move out Marner and you put, you, you do the Calgary trade and now you've got Matthews Nylander and you re-sign Hyman. You got Matthews Nylander and Hyman on your top line. You've got, um, Tavares, Kachuk, and Goudreau as your second line. There's depth there. You got Mikheyev and Kerfoot. I mean, it doesn't change a lot in terms of you've, you've now got two stronger lines than one heavy line, but you've got a different second line. Uh, that sounds ridiculous and stupid. So, listen, you can't convince me on that trade. I'm sorry, but that's... No, that's, and that's fine. That's that's a bad trade. But I, I just want to point something out. So I'm looking at uh, stats for the last five seasons among NHL players, right? And Mitch Marner is the 12th highest scorer in over that time period, okay? Which is about, right? 12th in the entire NHL over the last five seasons. However, he is the youngest player on that list uh, of the top 12. He The only person... Uh, it's him and Connor McDavid are the same age. Everybody else is older on this list. Like this, this, yeah, and, and Austin Matthews is 14th. Okay. So then we're saying right? that we need, I think if I'm hearing what you're saying, you have to give him more time in the playoffs. What, what we're another saying season. is. I am not trade, disagreeing with that. Actually, you're convincing me. You need to trade Mitch Marner and Connor out. McDavid. Listen, That's what you Connor need. McDavid has got what has he got like four years left on his contract yeah there's something like that like I, I wouldn't be shocked at all and this is this is, he should want out yeah he's gonna he's gonna end up here at yeah. some point yeah. right and 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 whatever i mean like Austin so? Matthews. yeah i think so i, I, I think it's like, i think so how, how, they, how would they how would they pay for him well listen like well i guess wait, the, wait, I all the contracts will be done by then anyway yeah the cap listen, will be up listen matthews only took a five-year contract, right? And it was very strategic because he'll be full UFA at what, like 25, some yeah. some crazy age. Now, I feel he'll stay. Like yeah. they, these people who think that he's going to go to Arizona, like this guy's a big-time athlete. Like, this guy wants to be in a big market. So if anything, if he leaves, he's going to go to New York or LA or something big. Like he's not going to go to Arizona. A- Arizona could yeah. be out of the league by the time his contract's up. I, Arizona shouldn't even be in the league. Let's yeah. let's let's. I'm not, not worried about Matthews leaving. It, it's this is just what they do, and this is and, business and smart business. And no, the Leafs will pay him every dollar they can pay him under the cap. And the only reason he will leave is if he literally and legitimately wants to go somewhere else. Yeah, but. And I know I'm like really grasping at, you know, like just super hope that Connor McDavid is going to come here. And I'm, I apologize to all the Edmonton listeners. I'm not trying I to steal, I don't think steal him away, but you guys have really, you guys, that team has wasted this all world talent that they've yeah. got there. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, anyway, I'm still doubling down on, I, I understand Mitch Marner has been frustrating, especially when you look at these last seven games, but you, the guy kills penalties. He's a good defensive player. He, he brings a lot to the table that didn't show up in these seven games. Now, I am not going to... Like, this. These seven games are a giant embarrassment for this franchise. Like, they all should be hanging their head in shame, right? I, I, I know I've said it before and probably in the previous one, but this is the 
the worst choke job in franchise history. Yes. I mean, tell, give me another example. I can't think of one. No, no, I right? believe this hundred percent. And and I think like I think a couple of things. Like I I think they they underestimated. Like they 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 were looking past the games. They just yeah. thought like this is this is over, right? Because I, I really do think that had they got out of their own heads, they would have gotten out of that division. Now, would they have made it to the finals? I don't know, right? But uh, obviously, nobody knows, right? Like, right. But, but come on, looking at Montreal and their record, there's nothing impressive about that team. Okay, I'm well, sorry. Let's just you know, Montreal is losing four two now, so they're done. Okay, good. It's done. So, it's over. Yeah. So, you, know, you know what that reminds me of? I, sorry, like it, it, if you look back at at, at um, like before they did the division, like not I want to go into old timey hockey, but like in the early '90s or whatever, you had all back these in the original six. Not the original six, but when they would do the top four teams in every division, right, would make it. And then you'd always have some ridiculous team that would make it to the finals, right? And I think it was Minnesota one year against Pittsburgh. And I think Minnesota had, was like 12 games under 500 right. and, and somehow made it to the finals. And then Pittsburgh just destroyed them, right, in the final. I mean, sure, anything can happen, but could they? those teams rarely, if ever, have won a cup, ever. I can't right. think of one example where you said, like, the surprise team made it all the way and and St. actually Lewis. won the cup. No, but they were a good team. Yeah, yes. Let's. There's one topic I want to get to here, though, before we get way too long. So we're getting uh, on here. So like, do we, anything else you guys want to mention on this or should we get to this question that Will put out here? Anything no, we else? Can, we, can, we can continue this another time. I, I'm, we're, we're going to talk about Mitch Marner probably every episode until training camp. So we can we can move on. So I like this question. If you could have a beer with one athlete, any timeline, who would it be? Yeah. So this can be alive, dead, any decade, any era. And does it have to be beer? You can have a sangria. <laughs> That's where I was going with it. Let me see who I'm going to pick. Okay, go ahead. What, are you going to do a lot? Are you going to do a line of Coke with Josh Donaldson? <laughs> it wasn't Josh Donaldson, but that's a good one too. Joe, you start. Wait, hold well, on. I, I'm going to pick yours. Wait, 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 wait. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be. No, you're going to say Ally Frady, but it's going to be <laughs> Russell Martin, and you're going to get him drunk so you can like punch him in the punch him in the balls and tell him yeah. like you're an asshole. Yeah. Are, are you? You're going to have a Swedish sauna with Matt Sundin. <laughs> yeah. So okay, go ahead. I'll I, whip each other with like I actually, I don't. I don't have a serious answer because I, I. I didn't. I, you know what? My first instinct when I saw the question was Al Iafredi, right? I, and 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 the reason why? I mean, like he was he was my first ever, uh, like, sports hero, right? Like him and him and Dave Steep were were my first Didn't, the first athletes that I was crazy. You, wasn't there a thing where he, he he slept with somebody else's wife or somebody? Was so that's, that a real story? That's always this. I don't know if it's real or not, but there was always the story was about Gary Lehman. Gary Lehman, right? So I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know, but, but it's a ridiculous story. Would you ask him? But, but you could ask him. Well, yeah, certainly. Yeah, that'd drink. be the kind of questions to ask him, right? But he was, and, and the hilarious thing about the like, he was one of those dudes who was like, you know, after a shift he'd be sitting there like with a cigarette, right, in 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 the dressing room. Like he was like a heavy, heavy smoker and was one of the fastest players in the NHL, right? Oh. O- over under before a bar fight breaks out with Ally. <laughs> Four minutes. Yeah. I mean, I remember when he was traded from the Leafs. I was my first ever sports devastation. Right. And where did he go again? 
uh, I think it was Washington. Yeah, it was Washington. And in the, he had a really good rest of his career, right? Like he was, he was. You, you know, one of the funny, I don't know, talking about NHL defensemen, one of the funniest things you ever did, I remember, Joe, was who was the defenseman on the Leafs who, ah, oh, I'm forgetting his name, who lost his eye? Oh, uh, Berard. Berard, you would do that thing where you were just sitting there with a stick and they'd be like, <laughs> I don't know if you, you know what I'm talking about, where you'd no, be like, I... hey, Berard, and you'd be like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you? I can't see you. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That was, That's, uh, that was classy. It was classic. <laughs> yeah. You know what though? When, I I think I hated him for uh, for abandoning the team after. I did. I did too. Right. Because yeah. the guy, yeah. I was really upset at that at the time because they did everything they could to take care of him and 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 this at the first chance he got when he said he could play again, he went what to New York. The Islanders. Yeah. The Islanders. Anyway, yeah. Will you? Wait, hold on. I want to. We all have to guess each other's. Will you're gonna say? You're gonna say some like. I have no idea. I can't think of anything funny. I'll just cut this out. <laughs> Go ahead. So, no legitimate guesses. Joe, you want to guess? That I've probably never heard of. You're gonna you're gonna pick somebody from like the 1800s MLB that we've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. What is, yeah uh, Skippy McGillicuddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nap you're, you're Joy. Pick, you're gonna pick some NBA player in the like short shorts era. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, AC Earl from the 1995 Raptors. No, you're you're gonna pick somebody from the Seattle Seahawks. I can't. I don't know who, but that's who you're gonna pick. No, no. Um, well, I no. I mean, I guess it'd be kind of cool to talk to Marshawn Lynch, but um, no. I for me, it's Joe Carter. There's uh, uh, uh and that's kind of what made me think about this discussion. Is um, was listening to the radio the other day, and he was being interviewed, and there's something about Joe Carter that just kind of feels like the ultimate dad. Like if you were to meet Joe Carter, slagging on him. If, well, if you, if you were to meet Joe Carter for a drink, you know, he's going to be in a cardigan (laughs) and it's it's going to have like the leather patch professor sleeves. And it's just going to be like, come on, son. Like, I think think you'd have nothing to talk about. No, I think he would. I, I, Joe Carter had a pretty cool life. And, and I think, what was even more amazing is he's 61 and wow, that just yeah. that that feels weird and I, I i like i'd like to ask him kind of what he was thinking when he was jumping around the bases and i'd like to ask him like, where... was excited like what do you, <laughs> what do you think don't, he's gonna say i just hit a home don't don't miss no but yeah. i think he he has said in several interviews right I wanted to make sure I touched home plate. Yeah. Like that was that was yeah. the only thing in his mind, right? Like I need to make sure don't I touch sc- home. Don't screw this up. Yeah, and because and, and, and you know, you know, he caught he caught the out in the World Series before, and you know, he came over from Cleveland, and he was in San Diego, and then he ended up in Kansas City, and there's just I don't know, you know, there's something very wholesome about Joe Carter, and you know, we would run into Joe and Ally Afraidy in a bar and we would get our asses kicked, but I, so I, I don't know. I just, I, sorry. So I, I'll, I'll never kind of really get over it, but like right after Emily and I got married um, <clears throat> and we were living in, in the lofts downtown, Joe Carter went and did a signing and a meet and greet at Dufferin mall and I had to work, but Emily went 
and I've got this picture downstairs that he already signed. It was it's an autograph lithograph. And Emily went and got him to sign it again and got him to write, yes, I touched them all. And it just she's got a picture of him. And I don't know. There's just something very genuine and something very baseball about Joe Carter. And I, I think like you could talk to Joe Carter for five minutes and feel like a better person and more wholesome. And I don't know. I just there's so many athletes that you just assume are dicks and assholes and, you know, are full of themselves and there's nothing humble about them, but there's just something about Joe Carter. And, and he provided two of the best years in Blue Jays history. And he True. had two of the best moments in Blue Jays history. And, well, you know, you, you, you never heard about Joe Carter being a bad person. And, just and a never, bad broadcaster. Well, sure. And, you know, now he sells glucosamine and he's 61 and life goes on. But yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it was a pretty, you know, I'm a big sports fan. And, you know, like you said, I'm a diehard Seattle Seahawks fan and I'm a Leafs fan and I'm a Jays fan. And, you know, there's hundreds of guys that you could sort through. And, you know, like I wouldn't choose Russell Wilson because I think Russell Wilson would be a horrible person to talk to. And, there's just I don't know. For me, it was easy. It was it was instantly Joe Carter, and it was uh, I was listening to this interview, and I was you know driving to the store, and I thought you know I would like to have a beer with Joe Carter. I, I, you know I have a couple actually, but like um, they're all boring though. Like I've actually sat down at dinner at a golf tournament at a table with Doug Gilmore, and it has nothing. He has something to say. He wasn't interested in talking. Oh. Um, like I've 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 sat and I was at that same tournament and. I had a beer in my hand while like Al Woods was there and also nothing to say. Yeah. Um, right. Um, I've, I've played golf at that same tournament with Kelly Gruber and also nothing to say. So, yeah, there was, in, in, unless he was buying meth. Unless he was like. buying meth. So my first thought was Kelly Gruber. Then I was like, mm, that would be pretty methy. Uh, and like, like the hangover it would be pretty bad. Um, and then, but I have a couple. Like one, I think actually I would want to have a beer with with Cito Gaston. That's who I would pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. Because I want to know, I, I want to know the stories of those teams, and I want to know his story. I think Cito would have a lot to say about like uh, who was on those teams, and actually, you know, I think he would have more to say about how he was screwed. I think that's what he would talk about quite a bit. I think there's some hurt feelings from Cito. I think uh, that's what he would say. Um, and the other one, actually, maybe even more so than him, would be, uh, and he was not an athlete, though, so I don't know if this is cheating a bit, but I don't want to have a beer with Jerry Jerry Howarth. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Even Tom Cheek. Tom Cheek as well, but I didn't want to say him because... He's dead. He's dead. Um, but, like, but like that, those, are the two, those are the two that I would pick. But I thought that was a really... I thought that was a really good question. I think that there's different reasons too. Like, who would you want to have a, who would you want to have a drink with that would be really fun versus who would you want to have a drink with because you want to hear what they have to say? Yeah, I think if you want to have fun, you're having a beer with Gibby. With Gibby? Oh, I didn't even think about that one. I think if you want to end up in the back of a squad car, you're having a beer with Gibby. Oh, for I, sure. I, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm a little disappointed that we all went with Toronto-centric ones. I was hoping. I, I, I honestly couldn't think of somebody outside of Toronto. It just wasn't coming to mind, but I thought for sure. Will I, think, I, I think it's just who we relate to. And uh, yeah, there's guys. I mean, would it be cool to have a beer with Gordie Howe? He, I don't think so. I, I, I could tell you, like, I, I no, purposely didn't. 
Oh, no, no, but maybe, maybe those old time NHL guys, but I purposely stayed away from NHL guys because they're the most boring people yeah. in the world. That's what I think. Like, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. And I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Buddy, uh, Magic Johnson, he had that late night. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Right. And I remember it was it was fun to listen because back then I was listening to Howard Stern and he would actually do a full recap of the Magic Johnson show the day after it aired. Right. And it was hilarious. They play clips from it because it was such a train wreck of a show. And it was just like it was so horrible that it was hilarious. Right. And it just be fun to ask him, like, so did you know your show sucked or in your mind? Are you like, this is the greatest show on the world. He just have his bodyguard beat the shit out of you. Listen, this was you, 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 you did not say that, like, who are you going to have a beer with if they let you? Right? <laughs> not the question. Good points. Good point. <laughs> yeah, no, you're just right. Side, you just sidle up next to him. <laughs> we, we all fell into Toronto, but we, we're, we're Toronto fans, and you, you, you kind of get pulled into the personality of those guys, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll pick somebody outside of Toronto. I don't want to have a drink with John Tortorella because I think he would also get into trouble with the law. Or, or Mike, or Mike Keenan, or Mike Keenan. Those two of them together. Yeah, that somebody would break a beer bottle over the table. You know, like that, like classic. Break it, the beer it, bottle and have like a shiv. Okay, you know, but, but sorry, this is bringing it back to Toronto though. But now that you start saying that, I think I would love to sit with Pat Quinn. Pat yep. Quinn, that's a good one. Like he, he was just such a like. How can Pat, you not like that guy? Pat and Quinn, you, would, I, you would get so drunk. Yeah, totally, and he, but he wouldn't be drunk though. He'd be fine at all. He would he would drive you home. Yeah. The only yeah. thing about Pat Quinn that I think is that I don't even think he knew what he was doing. But does anybody realize that he invented this upper body injury stuff? Yeah, yeah that's I a good point. That. Yeah. He but he didn't. I don't think he knew that it was going to become like the bullshit that it was. He was just saying like <laughs> "fuck off" upper body injury. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's got a head. I love that guy. Like, yeah, he was. And, and, Maybe this is a topic for another day, but I always thought it was bullshit that he got fired when he did, right? Like, but, yeah, you know, same thing. Politics. That that you was know? a uh, that was politics with um, what's his Dryden, name? Ken Dryden. Dryden. Yeah, um, wasn't well, Dryden. Dryden was long gone. That that was that was, was he? Um, yeah, that was like when John Ferguson Jr. Oh yeah, yeah. running yeah, the team yeah, into yeah, the yeah, ground. You know, Pat right? Quinn walked into like uh, um, Tannenbaum's office. He's like, who the fuck is this asshole? <laughs> yeah. Who's this guy? I, I yeah. know his dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, I think we've uh, we've uh, <laughs> run out of time for today. Um, no, 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 whoa, 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 what? We can't leave the CFL again. What's that? 